Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Coached by Dan podcast. I hope we are keeping very, very well. Um, have an absolutely incredible podcast for you guys today. Um, genuinely love this podcast. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I spoke with Tom Coleman. Tom's a sleep coach, health scientist, and overall just an absolute wizard when it comes to sleep. Um, in the podcast, we talk all about sleep and how to improve it and why it's so important for, for you and your day-to-day life. We discuss genuinely how important sleep actually is when it comes to what you do on a day-to-day basis. We discuss REM and NREM sleep and their functions and why they're both equally as important. Um, we talk about you know what causes sleep deprivation and, and how to go about improving it and kind of what we can bring into a you know into a wind down routine to optimize to optimize your health, well being, and of course your sleep. Um, and really, we the 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 bread and butter of the podcast is kind of identifying that you know most people aren't bad sleepers; they just have bad habits that come to their sleep. And it's a case of identifying those and seeing what you can change to improve your sleep and to overall improve your quality of life. Um, if you want to know more about Tom, his uh, website is in the show notes, uh, tomcoleman.ie, and you can find him on Instagram too, um, under just his name. Guys, with the nature of the podcast, if you are listening to this before bed, pop a sleep timer on and just doze off to myself and Tom talking all about sleep you have our absolute blessings uh guys thank you so much for tuning in again you're gonna love this one i'll leave you to it tom my good man how are we getting on pretty good the weather's improved you know we're moving along nicely so everything's good unbelievable i'm sitting here now looking at my window and it's what 8 p.m yeah like it's just sky still mad blue it's unbelievable so so nice so refreshing um so for everyone listening tom um we obviously had a chat beforehand um so tom is a sleep specialist and have him on today to just purely pick his brain on everything and all things sleep related but so for those who don't know who you are tom do you want to give everyone a quick intro as to who you are and what you do sure my name is tom coleman i i work on a day-to-day basis um with individuals organizations um athletes and all kinds of people on sleep and um I kind of got into this area nearly 10 years ago. I've worked in health and wellness. I've always been into fitness and sport and nutrition. Um, And then I went to college, I studied, um, and I got a degree in, um, I suppose, health science and physiology. So that was over 10, 12 years ago. God. Um, And then I became interested in, in, in kind of while working with athletes, what had the biggest impact on, on a person's ability to recover? And that's where sleep came up. And then I started kind of working with pretty high level technology around fatigue analysis and stuff like that with, with the US company. And um, I suppose from there, it's it's kind of grown. And then, you know, I've, I've done everything. Well, I've done a lot in relation to sleep. I've been involved in research and things like that on sleep. And as I said, today I work with multinational companies I consult for them on, on shift patterns and I work with sort of elite level athletes uh, to this day on analyzing their, you know, sleep and fatigue levels and, and, and sort of letting them know how that might Im- in, impact performance and recovery. Um, and I just, I, I, I talk to people and I try and help people with their sleep issues. Phenomenal. And like the one big decision there, just the kind of when you looked into kind of recovery and kind of how you got yeah. to get in sleep, it's one, it's like from a coaching point of view, 
like I think sleep it's such an interesting thing to look into and to read research on just because there's so much to it and like when you look at the ex- the the extent at which it affects like recovery or like literally mm. kind of everything you do on a day-to-day basis yeah it's kind of like you kind of sit there and kind of like I remember my my moment as a coach I was like I sat there I was reading about it I was like holy shit yeah. I need to know more about this just because <laughs> yeah. it does it's kind of like it's one of those things like as a coach you think kind of training you think nutrition cool but then yeah you're kind of like it's like in scooby-doo you know when they pull off the mask and it's like the actual person yes. underneath you yeah. think it's training nutrition you pull off it's actually just your fucking sleep sucks yeah. let's work on that yeah so, yeah that's it i mean that i mean that was my, my shock i was shocked you know uh, when i first found out because it was like well right what what has the biggest return on investment and you know i mean if you talk about sleep in terms of health or 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 recovery or performance it's like well name an area it doesn't influence well you you can't because it simply powerfully influences every single area and if we try and understand that we should be spending 36 percent of our lives asleep then that alone should tell you this is hugely important and from a scientific perspective it's, it's known as a biological investment. So, you know, it again, just to reframe it for people, it's, it's just massively important and it just influences every, every aspect of your physical, psychological and mental health. Yeah, and the best way I've looked at it is kind of like, you know, when you, when you, if you break down someone having eight hours sleep a night, it's kind of like, in theory, you'll spend like a third of your life or even more mm. asleep. It's kind of like, it's clearly there for a reason. It's clearly yeah. really important. So I avoid, it's kind of like, I, I think the best way I've, I've shown to me is kind of like the two thirds spend awake is going to depend on the third you spend asleep. So it's kind of like when you focus on that, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, those two thirds spend awake when you're actually doing things, it's kind of like, right, that's going to be into a much better level. Um, and so like, I suppose the, the, the one, I've, I've done a podcast sleep before, but obviously it was just myself. So I obviously want to bring someone on who, who not knew a lot more about it than I did. So it's, I suppose, like I said, the time before the podcast, all the listeners, it's kind of like what I did before kind of getting Tom on. I, I, I asked some clients and asked some, some followers. Very, very nice to kind of throw questions my way. Because obviously at the end of the day, like from a sleep point of view, like I fully understand how, how important sleep is. And I'll do everything in my power that I'm aware of to improve my sleep. And then I will kind of, you know, make sure clients are doing the same because I know how important it is. But I suppose for those listening, you're kind of like, why is that making a podcast about sleep? Why is sleep so important? This is basically kind of a place to kind of where we can obviously do those questions kind of followers and just kind of normal people have asked about sleep it's kind of like well if obviously is a board and how can we actually how can we actually do it so just first things first we really we kind of touched on it there but i suppose from a day-to-day point of view when it comes to like your training you know recovery nutrition like your hunger like anything you do like alertness focus mm-hmm. function, absolutely everything how like and just overall health and well-being like how important really is sleep just for the general person this so like i kind of i kind of break it down into um just like like kind of what's 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 going on and when i explain what's going on with sleep then people go okay right i can see how it's important you know and you touched on a few of those areas there so like from a you know scientists used to think that we were kind of just you know switched off when we were asleep um, and there was nothing much going on but actually we know now that some areas of your brain are more active when you're asleep than they are when you're awake which is kind of incredible really but put simply i mean like i look at it from a sort of physical point of view and a psychological point of view so what's going on physically so i mean when you're talking about like um you know muscle or tissue or anything, well you know that's when while you're sleeping is is when the vast majority of anabolic process healing and tissue repair is happening and that is because when you're asleep during the first two deep phases of sleep is when growth hormone is secreted by the brain 
So, and it makes perfect sense that when the body is in a dormant state, well, it's a good time to fix it, right? So the damage we've done throughout the day, if we've been training or doing anything in the, in the gym or running or anything like that, you know, to, to rebuild muscle tissue, that's when it's happening. Um, scarring, all of this type of thing. So everything is 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 kind of being fixed up. Um, and as well as that, your immune, well, I mean, that is actually part of your, actually your immune response, you know, um, because in the immune response, and it's very appropriate now we're talking about immunity, just just kind of um there's three three phases which is kind of um kind of primary phase inflammation remodeling and rebuilding and again those things are regulated at night while you sleep so i think it was you know i can't remember who said this but when you fall asleep your immune system wakes up so we produce a lot of immune cells at night things like natural killer cells well, natural killer cells and i believe me i've spoken to immunologists about this because i've i've been lucky enough i've spoken at i think nine out of the top 10 pharmaceuticals in the world and sometimes there's immunologists in the room and you know they've explained to me so natural killer cells are in charge of killing cancer cells in your body so if we get less than five hours natural killer cell production drops off a cliff uh, it drops by about 70 percent now before people panic <laughs> um, we don't use that many of those cells however other cells like mast cells and macrophages and all these cells that are in charge of sort of fighting uh, um, you know invaders and, and virus and bacteria they also sort of fairly fall off cliff so and I mentioned inflammation if you're training a lot you're going to be pretty much inflamed and, and, we, and we want to try and bring that down controlled inflammation because if we have an immune response which is kind of overreactive, which inflammation can tend to be, then that's a negative. If we if we have a body that's inflamed, we're more likely to kind of, you know, um, store energy in a different manner, i.e. put on fat. So I think um, from a physical point of view of the muscle repair and the tissue repair, um, nerves, I like you name it, it's, it's, it's all being looked after while we're asleep. And then from, a, um, from a, an immune perspective, it's all been looked after from a hormonal perspective um, you know, your cortisol levels. So if your cortisol, if you're sleep deprived, your cortisol levels will remain elevated for longer. This will have a metabolic effect. If um, testosterone for men, so I mean, essentially your testosterone levels will again fall pretty dramatically, even after one poor night's sleep. And for those of you who want energy and put on muscle, then you know, um, any any of your sex hormones for females, estrogen levels, and you know, men have estrogen and women have testosterone as well, in different ratios. Okay, but both are affected if we're sleep deprived. I mean, every single hormone um, is impacted on neurotransmitter if you're if you're missing out on sleep. Um, so I mean, from that point of view, energy restoration, glycogen um, stores are are, are um, refueled. So. I mean, all of that thing, all of those physical attributes have been looked after. From a psychological standpoint, hugely important. Something called glymphatic drainage happens. So if we look at the human physiology and if we look at a map of the human body, we'd see as part of your circulatory system, you have your lymphatic system. So your lymphatic system is in charge of clearing up debris, cleaning your blood and getting rid of the nasties right in your body. So if we see a map of the human body, the lymphatic system doesn't like the circulatory system, even though it's part of it, it doesn't extend to the brain. So the brain must clean itself. Your brain develops a plaque buildup during the day. So it's an amyloid plaque buildup um, during uh, light hours. At night, 
your brain flushes itself out and it cleans this amyloid plaque buildup. Um, so if you're not getting adequate sleep, it's going to impact that. Um, also, um, during REM phase sleep, you know, your, 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 your dreams disassociate um, emotion from stressful events. Stressful events are stored in long-term memory. Um, you know, so your emotional stability is impacted. Um, you know, I mean, there's so much going on from, from every kind of angle. Um, ghrelin and leptin, which are, I've, I forgot to mention in the hormonal aspect, ghrelin levels, which control hunger levels, elevate if you're sleep deprived. Leptin, which tells you to stop eating, goes down. So people who are sleep deprived are cranky, hungry, will tend to gravitate towards sugar. Like ghrelin doesn't make you eat salads. It makes you eat chocolate bars um, because when you eat those, you get a you get a lovely blast of serotonin and you get a, you know, you're, you're, you get the glucose and all that kind of stuff. And then you crash, of course. Um, so, you know, so much going on in the body and in the brain through, you know, through, through your sleep. So it's sure it's kind of thinking anything your body does and it's kind of if your sleep isn't in a good place yeah neither, neither will those things be so like yeah i think it's like even about i think even into that i'm still standing here like it's it's actually crazy how kind of like like everything we do like anything you think of yeah. physically mentally anything it's kind of like if you're asleep if you are sleep deprived you know yep. it will be done to a much worse extent it's kind of, even that alone it's kind of like okay shit like what yeah. can we do to make sure that it's, it's in a better place um there's one thing you mentioned there um rem sleep so obviously rem and nrem sleep when the question came in yeah. they kind of this is, from, this is from a follower they basically knew what rem and nrem they've heard of it yeah but they hadn't clue what they were um could you kind of break down what rem and nrem sleep are and kind of their kind of sure. functions kind of within the body sure so like um REM sleep, uh, rapid eye movement sleep, and then uh, NREM, non-REM sleep. It's that simple. There are phases. When, when we sleep, I'll just kind of explain. So when we sleep, we sleep in blocks of 90, minute, 90 minutes or cycles, sleep cycles are they're referred to. So like, how do we know if we're asleep first off or unconscious or, um, you know, well, our brain patterns, our brainwave patterns change. So that's how we know we're in actually different phases of sleep as well. So what, what happens in a 90-minute block is you have N1 or stage one sleep, which is very light. People drift off into stage one sleep, and they may not even know they're in stage one sleep, and you're very easily awoken in stage one sleep. That lasts for five to ten minutes. Then you go into N2 sleep. So what happens is you're, you relax and you go deeper, and your breathing slows down, your heart rate slows down, your blood pressure drops, and your core body temperature drops. And this drop in core body temperature causes a rise in melatonin production. And that rise in melatonin production then pushes you deeper into N3 sleep. N3 is the deepest aspect of your sleep, steepest stage. Um, you never remember the N3, the N3 sleep. That's where, you're, that's where you're lying there snoring with dribble coming out of your mouth and you don't know what's going on, right? Um, and then you, you have, and all of those are N, non-REM sleep, so stage one, two, and three. They used to break it down into three and four, but now it's kind of three, right? Uh, and then you have, so all that's non-REM, and then you have REM sleep. Um, REM sleep is a light phase of sleep. Um, your body paralyzes you while you're in REM sleep, something called atonia. So you can't really move too much. That's that you don't sort of act out your dreams, that you're not punching your partner or something, right? Um, and there's different things that happen during 
non-REM and REM sleep. Essentially, to, to keep it very simple, during the non-REM sleep is when a lot of the physical restoration happens. Um, and then during REM sleep is where a lot of the psychological and emotional stuff and the lymphatic drainage happens. Now, your first 90-minute cycle, your REM phase is only five to 10 minutes. And a lot of physical repair happens. And your second REM phase also a lot of physical repair happens and your dream phase extends slightly. And then for the third, fourth and fifth cycle, because we should be getting five 90 minute cycles equal seven and a half hours, your REM phase gets progressively longer and longer and longer. So what's that telling us? Well, that's telling us that your first three hours sleep or four and a half hours sleep will be much deeper than the, the, the following two phases because of the REM phase getting longer, thus your sleep getting lighter and lighter. So what we're learning here is that as we sleep through the night, your sleep is naturally getting lighter and lighter and lighter. Okay. Now, during the REM phase, as I said, um, your brain sorts out what's happened during the day for you, especially kind of emotional or stress or stressful events. And also, it, it, it's a chance for you to dream. And during your dreams, you can reenact dangers and you can kind of play them out. And it's almost like you're practicing stressful events. Um, and as I said, you disassociate emotion. So if you've had, a, you know, if you've had an argument with someone, if you had an argument with your partner, your brain disassociates the, the emotion to some degree and files it away. And it also gives meaning to things so that you're able to make sense of the world. Um, you people will know that the next day if they've missed out on sleep now if they've if they've woken up two or three hours early they've missed out on a lot more of the rem sleep so they're going to have this kind of brain fog um and anything could set them off set them off you could say something and it'd be like what did you mean what did you mean by that and you've you know you could upset someone. <laughs> they could be upset and that's the meaning part of it they haven't you know um so like it's really important to say this to people and i think people all the time get this kind of mixed up I'm not sure if it was one of your questions, but um, REM and non-REMs are, you know, both are just incredibly important. There's not, it's not like everyone craves the deep sleep. Everyone's like, oh, I, I, want, I want that deep sleep because that's the really restorative stuff. But the, the light phase sleep and the REM phase sleep are just as important, just as important. And what's interesting is if you are woken up if someone wakes you or something wakes you when you're in deep sleep, the next night, your brain will keep you in, in deep sleep longer. Or if you're woken up during REM phase sleep, if you're woken up during your light phase sleep, the next night, your brain will, will extend the REM phase sleep. So your brain is an incredible piece of kit that it, it orchestrates all of this kind of stuff. Um, amazing. It is amazing. It is. And, and that's the was one thing I was, was going to ask you was a case of like, you know, when you kind of break down, because like you said, they're like, everyone's kind of like, oh, do you know what? I love a deep night's sleep. Everyone, yeah. like, no one talks yeah. about a light night's sleep because it says a, a <laughs> light night's sleep was a kind of like, oh, dozing it out. Like when you think about it, like, like when you kind of look at, right, and like NREM and REM sleep, it's kind of which is more important. It's a case of like, mm -hmm. well, they both are in control of different things. You know, if, yeah. if you, if, if you yeah. in theory had a night of pure like NREM, you wouldn't have the benefit of REM and then vice versa obviously wouldn't happen. That's a case of like, 
they like they're both just important. They don't mm-hmm. do the same thing. It's a case of like they're 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 different for reasons. Kind of like wire yeah. even way away. It's like it's obviously there for a reason. Yeah. Like and Rem and Ramsey, they're both there for reasons. Kind of like yeah. one is not more important. It's a case that they both have their own individual unique jobs. Yes. You know, we we want to make sure that kind of <laughs> we want to make sure they're both pretty much there the whole time. Yeah, and you don't need to worry. I mean, people often tell me, "Oh God, my my Fitbit's telling me I'm only getting like this much deep sleep. How can I, you know?" And look, your brain will look after that. Like each each ninety minute rotation is different, which is amazing as well. Like each ninety minute sleep cycle is kind of is is different in, in, in what it does over the course of the night. And joined up together, they form what we know as sleep wake cycles, or you know what we would call sleep, even though it's not. It's like it's, it's definitely not one continuous event. Mm. So it's constantly changing and modulating as as the night is going on. But like you say, sometimes people wake up, and they people wake up for different reasons, as well, which I can go into or explain that because I think it's very common that people are waking up, uh, especially actually, yeah, now with if, COVID. Exactly. Actually, yeah. If you would mind, just a little bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, like. So, like, as I've explained, because it's, it's kind of pretty much appropriate, um, after two or three cycles, what happens is during the day, as, as we have, because we're, we're diurnal creatures, right? We're, we're not nocturnal. Nocturnal, active during the night. Diurnal, active during the day. So we're active when it's light out, essentially. Um, so we experience um, melatonin production starts when it starts to get dark. And this is one of the, the mechanisms that pushes us into sleep. And... But as the day goes on and as we, as we have light exposure, sleep pressure builds in the brain. So we have um, a plaque, adenosine plaque, which builds up and it's like sleep pressure in the brain. And that builds and builds and builds and builds this sleep pressure. And then when we fall asleep, it's like someone lets the air out and the sleep pressure starts to drop. So after two or three cycles, much of, of the sleep pressure has dropped. Or another way of looking at it is your debt. Like you're building up debt as the day goes on, sleep debt that you have to pay back. And as you sleep, then you've paid off much of that debt. So it's, it's a natural thing that you would wake. And when would you, when normally we wake is at the end of a light cycle. So typically, very typically, people would tell me I wake at three o'clock or four o'clock. And, you know, people who do wake, it can turn into a negative habit as well or negative cognitive habit because your brain loves routine. That's why you wake up on Saturday morning when you want to sleep in at the same bloody time as you get up every other day of the week, right? Um, so you can de- you can actually develop this negative habit or it can just happen. As we age, we, we just get worse at the mechanism of sleep. We get worse at a lot of bloody things as we age, but sleep is another one of them. So what happens is sleep pressure comes off. Your sleep is naturally getting lighter and you're also starting to secrete things that will wake you up, like cortisol testosterone and these things accumulate and and actually your testosterone your testosterone level is at its highest in the morning okay and um, so that's going to stimulate you and get you up as well so it's very normal that you will wake up if you now the other thing is other things can contribute to your sleep that might mess it up to some degree like overconsumption of caffeine or stress or anxiety and that interacts at a chemical level and then that can cause sleep disruption, okay? So something like too much coffee. So caffeine, it's kind of, you know, it's very personal how we process caffeine. So some people have the capacity to process a lot of caffeine quickly. Other people have very light tolerance levels. As well as that, there's a huge variance in caffeine levels in coffee, even from the same machine, even from the same 
beans, you know, it's, it's crazy. So um, the molecule of caffeine blocks adenosine receptors in your brain. It's actually the same shape and that's why it, it, they, they block and that stops you going to sleep. Um, it can also interfere with the depth of sleep that you get or the quality. And it, it also, you produce adrenaline when you, when you drink coffee as well. So it kind of stimulates you in that sense. So um, there's a lot of different things that can cause disruption and tend to wake you up in the middle of the night. And I'm not really worried about that. It's just kind of, what can I do? What, what, you know, what do you do? And it's just, it's like anything else you have, a you have a strategy for it, you know, and that's, that's my take on it. And that's, that's, that's the take of many professional athletes about everything. You know, it's, it's, you Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, when this happens, I do this, you have a plan and that's, you know, the military as well. I, I work with a company who today work with special forces um, around sleep and fatigue. And, and that's how I kind of got into it. And I still work, I, I'm wearing their tech now. Um, so that's, you know, and they understand the value of sleep. They've invested hundreds of millions at least into it. So um, yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I think it's one thing you mentioned there. Is I, I, I chat a lot of clients about it. it's kind of like if they're waking up at this time or that time, it's like, how do I stop waking up this time? It's kind of like it's just purely your body wants that routine. It's case of don't focus on the time waking up, but more so focus on yeah. like what you're doing that's kind of causing that kind of almost yeah. kind of like reverse engineer what's happening. Like the time doesn't matter. It's more so a case of like what are you doing throughout the day or the evening or from that point that could be kind of yeah. Yeah, it's a great it's a great point, and it's like like what we said at the beginning in terms of. Well, there's no area of your life that sleep doesn't impact. Well, actually, let's let's look at this. Does every single thing you do during the day will influence your sleep? People forget that. Like what you do from the second you wake up in the morning will influence your sleep that night. People just kind of think, well, well, is it the half an hour before I'm going to bed or is it the hour or is it just coffee? No, everything you do because it's all part of the one system, which I didn't mention, which is your circadian rhythm. And circadian rhythm, the word means circa, around about, dia, a day, around about a day. We have an internalized rhythm in our body, in our physiology. And I'm going to tell you how built in this is, because this is nuts. This is amazing, right? Now, the reason it's circa, dia, around about a day is it should, our internal circadian rhythm should match with the rotation of the planet one day and night cycle. Now, a day isn't 24 hours, it's 23 hours, 59 minutes and 44 seconds, right? That's why it's around about a day. And we are so sensitized to everything around that. Um, every system and uh, organ in your body has an optimum time of working. So we need information like sleep, wake cycles, your circadian rhythm is governed by one part of your brain. And it's called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And that tells all the other systems when to act and what to do. So when do I produce cortisol for my cortisol activation response in the morning? This happens at this time and this time and this time. I think it was two French scientists discovered um, that every cell in your body has a 24-hour clock. So it's not just the organs. It's not just the systems. It's every single cell. And every single cell in your body needs information that is brought to us essentially by light, by sunrise and sunset. So, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. So every single thing you do during the day will in some way inform your sleep that night, whether it be the food you're eating, the exercise, because these are things that 
will either push or pull our circadian rhythm forward or back. You know this already, Dan, because you know if you train too late, you won't be able to sleep, right? Because why? Because you'll have you'll be in fight or flight. You'll have cortisol. You'll have adrenaline. You'll have metabolic buildup. You'll be you'll be in an up agitated state, so you, you won't be able to sleep, right? But that's your circadian rhythm. That's what that is. So uh, if you eat too late, it will disrupt your sleep. Why? Because the thermic effect of food will raise your body temperature um, and also a lot of other different things that are happening with your digestive system and, and, and sleep. So, you know, stimulants, sedatives, the amount of light you get, the amount of exercise you get, stress, stress will cause a, a rise in cortisol levels. Your cortisol levels should be really dropping off in the evening time. If, we've a, if we create a cortisol bump, it's going, it's, it's going to keep us awake, you know. So, um, as I said, Every single thing you do will, will inform the quality of your sleep. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's just a cool point. I have a client started recently and like sleep was just, it wasn't existing. And like, I think the first thing we said to him was like, right, like even something as simple as like, how much, like, would you get outside much? And they're basically like, kind of, no, I kind of said, what's the kind of inside? It's kind of like, would you get much even like sunlight exposure? And they're like, not really. Mm. And the first thing we did was like, listen, first thing in the morning, wake up, just literally, some of you go for like 20 half minute, half, 20 minute, half an hour walk, just get as I mm. get some daylight exposure. And yeah. even just that, that one little change to like half an hour yeah. a day, yeah. had to sleep just next level. And it's, yeah, it's, it, I think, I think one of the biggest things is kind of like people who are sleep deprived for such a long period, which is what I want to get onto, people who just have associated themselves as I just have bad sleep, always have, always will. It's kind of like, well, no, it's, it's not that your sleep will always be bad. It's just your habits start the day are, Mm-hmm. not very much line. like if we understand that everything we do day to day will affect your sleep chances are the habits the behaviors your lifestyle yeah. how you are day to day that's what's affecting your sleep okay mm-hmm. well if we understand that we know that your sleep is just going to be a byproduct of what you do so if yeah. we change what we do your sleep's going to change and like yeah. I said there like something as simple as just getting him outside for a bit like a bit more dead exposure mm-hmm. got him just incredibly much better sleep and it's, it's so important it's so like cool to understand like it's such small changes just leads to some yeah. kind of outcome it's, it's crazy yeah and that's what people don't realize i mean like you, you said it through you know one of the first questions like how is your sleep like it's, it's general indicator of your life go to any doctor and, and you start telling them about problems or any medical professional nearly the first question that says tell me about your sleep <laughs> you know yeah. so it's like <laughs> yeah like, okay this, this lad is like oh, he's, he's not well he's up half the night doing something he shouldn't do yeah. me doing or whatever you know or he's doing something or she or whatever so like it's it's true like small things you don't realize like you mentioned a really good one there like um light relates to serotonin you know and cortisol so we have the cortisol activation response in the morning, shortly after waking. We get a pulse of, cor- of cortisol, which is cortisol associated with stress. People associate, cort- you know, stress is appropriate at the right time, and the right amount. The function of stress is to bring your attention to something important. It completely changes your physiology. You go into fight or flight. Um, so the morning time, we want a good pulse of cortisol. We need strong signals. If we, if we get strong signals, we get a strong response. So getting outside, like you said, and you've you've accompanied that with a little bit of movement, which will create another pulse of uh, cortisol. So that's fantastic. So that's a really clear signal. And that does three things. It, it, it creates the, the kind of the energy and the signal to the body to move, get up. It's time to, for you to be active. The second thing it does is it, it, um, it sets a timer for melatonin production. So getting outside, morning light exposure sets a timer in the brain for sleep that night and the third thing is it anchors your circadian rhythm so it's powerful stuff like i've had people write to me like i've told them this and they're like it's been a game changer it's been a game changer for me like so um as much 
and we know from research from uh, Dr. Sachin Panda is a circadian biologist, you know, I mean, like the, the more light exposure we get when we should be active, the better our sleep that night. So, you know, and it's, it's, it ain't that difficult, you know, and actually, no, you, really, no. you know, you, you only need five or 10 minutes. That's all you actually need in the morning, the morning light, you know, incredible. It's when you put it like that and like, like, you know, it's like it's like it's not a hard thing to do. Literally, go outside five ten minutes first thing in the morning, go into the garden, go for yeah. a walk, go into like whatever it is. If you get outside, five, like everyone has five minutes in the morning, you know, that yeah. way. It's like if you can just get outside of that, that's gonna. It's such a when you kind of think about like, the extended lab, it's kind of like that's five minutes in the morning that you were spending in bed in your phone. Just get outside yeah. a bit of a bit of fresh air, do what you want, happy days. Like yeah. that then contributes to your sleep, which then contributes to kind of how you are day to day. So that's yeah. that small little change can just have such a massive snowball effect. It's so cool to see. Yeah. Um, I kind of on that as well, kind of talking about kind of obviously how you know that things that can improve our sleep. Obviously, one of the biggest things I see as a coach in general is that, is that just it's very rare I have a client come into me and in their kind of pre-coaching question, I was like, How like do you get like seven plus hours of sleep at night? And they take yes. It's so rare. Like there's so many people who are very kind of just sleep very little. I suppose, with that being said, what would you feel is kind of the, the main key? I think, first things first, kind of the most, how like detrimental is sleep deprivation really on the body? And as, with that being said, kind of what would be the key players in kind of inducing that deprivation? So, like, you know, there are immediate, medium, and long term effects of sleep deprivation and let's let's be clear because you said earlier on and it's it's a very it's a good point because people come to me and with sleep issues and, they, and i discovered they don't have any sleep issues they've got lifestyle choice issues um because yeah. there's a difference between sleep deprivation and insomnia insomnia is creating all the right conditions and still not being able to sleep where sleep deprivation is you're not giving yourself you're not creating the right circumstances for sleep and you're sleep deprived you don't have any issue with sleep right so i suppose you know, like if we look at, I mentioned plaque buildup, plaque buildup in the brain, amyloid plaque buildup. We know that, 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 that this plaque buildup is associated with Alzheimer's disease. It's a very clear link now, very clear link. Uh, we're not saying it's causative, but we're saying it was any, everyone who, is, who has Alzheimer's has a plaque buildup in the brain. Um, so Parkinson's, Alzheimer's and neurological disorders, it, it does have an impact. An impact. Cancer. If we look at cancer, there's, you know, I think there's a 30% higher incidence rate of breast cancer in, in, in female shift workers. So like it, in the, and that's the CDC have, or the, um, the World Health Organization have classified shift work as a class one carcinogen. Okay. Yeah. So we know that in terms of cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular heart disease, in the long term, you're, you're twice as likely to have a cardiac incident if you're over 50 and you're sleep deprived, twice as likely. So, I mean, there's huge consequences in the long term, right? If we don't start to address it. Now, look, we're all going to know somebody who gets three hours sleep and they're, they're lived to their 90 and they're smokers, right? But in the bell-shaped curve, right? Because you always hear these stories. Like, okay. Um, in the bell-shaped curve for most of us, that is not the case. There are medium-term consequences. Your your sex hormones are going to be influenced for for any females out there. Melatonin, which is the sleep neuromodulator, neurotransmitter, whatever you want to call it, neuromodulator is more accurate, right? But melatonin is an antioxidant, and it keeps uh, an antioxidant for fertile eggs. Isn't that just incredible? One of its roles is not just related to sleep. Um, so fertility will be impacted in the medium term. Digestive health, um, 
your your metabolism i mean your body composition all of that stuff will, will be will be will be impacted the structure of your brain changes depending on the quality and quantity of sleep you get your memory your ability to learn your ability to retain information and um, so the, the consequences and in the short term like pretty immediate like your 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 uh, natural killer cells your immunity your you know I, I mentioned testosterone levels as well you know so you know there are consequences but we can as humans we're we we're an incredible piece of kit, you know, we keep bloody going. Now that's the problem. Um, and the problem today is, as I see it and I experience, and I speak to, I speak to hundreds of people every week, hundreds of people, if not thousands, you know, on a weekly basis. And the biggest issues I come across are kind of threefold, I suppose, for me, it's kind of the demands. So people are str- like work-life balance, like people seem to just have a never ending and it will never end of list of uh, to-do list. Like I have to do this, I'm under pressure at work or I have to do, and it's just like, we're just go, go, go. Like we're gone like the US now, we're like 24 seven, go, 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 go. So this kind of nonstop um, pressure and work. And it's like a badge of honor, like, you know, how, how much work, oh, I'm so busy. You, you know, it's like, oh my God. And let's, someone said um, the new flex, the new flex should is is about your work life balance going. Do you know what? I I can work for this amount of hours. You know, it's like, um, so that's that's one thing, right? Now, look, it's easy to slip into. I went into it myself for a while. I've had a ver- very busy March, but I've I've a very light um, April or or May, should I say? So, second thing, technology. Now, technology influences us in many ways. Connectivity, we're connected all the time. We're connected to work. We're connected to social media. Sometimes your social media is your work for you, Dan, for me, for different people. So, you know, it's incredibly difficult to switch off from that. Um, and it's not just the blue and white light of the phones. Your phone is a dopamine device. We are dopaminergic. So it's, it's what, do, what do I mean by that? Dopamine is, is a reward neurotransmitter. It's associated with hitting your goals. It's the function of dopamine is to bring you forward another bit in life. It's about looking into the future and going, well, that's good for my um, success as a human. So I'm going to do that behavior again. So you get dopamine when you eat, when we have sex, we have dopamine. It's highly addictive. It's, it's a neuromodulator associated with addiction. You get excited. Dopamine is about new and exciting things that you go, oh, I can't wait for this to happen. I'm looking forward to this, right? That's called the dopamine. That's dopaminergic. The dopamine error reward is associated with gambling. So people who, who, who go to Vegas and you go to the slots, and you pull the lever and the wheels spin around and you get excited. Oh, I could win. And then you, the wheels stop and you don't win. So you just pull the lever again. Now, if you win, you, you, get, the, you get a second burst of dopamine. And this is... Someone said, "What do, you know? The function of dopamine is to seek more dopamine." Um, your phones, according to Harvard, all the app companies use this. This very same as Las Vegas, the dopamine reward error, right? So we're highly addicted to our phones. So we hear the bleep, we hear the notification, bing, and we get the ooh. Now it's only it's subtle. It's subtle. You go, oh, I better check that. Could be something important. And app companies even hold back likes and followers from you and things like that. Um, so you, it's not every single time. Okay. So they're high. And what's, what that is doing is that when we get dopamine, usually secreted with dopamine, we can get cortisol. 
I'll give you an example. If something um, exciting, if you hear exciting news or you get an email and, you know, you're invited to go on the Joe Rogan podcast, you're like, whoa, you know, you get super excited. Where, where did that energy come from? You know, it's, it's neurological, really. That's mm. dopamine. These chemicals are exceptionally powerful in driving behavior. And that's so work, connectivity, technology, they're all related. They're all tied in and stress and anxiety and, and, and stress and anxiety is weaved in there with all of those that I've spoken about because it's about agitation. You, you mentioned, Sarah, uh, you mentioned light there earlier on. Get outside, get lots, of, get lots of light. If we get lots of light, we get lots of serotonin. Serotonin is, is about serenity. It's about being happy with what we have now. And that's the other reward neurotransmitter. So dopamine is the one that puts us into action, makes us look forward. Serotonin is the one that makes us happy and keeps us in the right now, in the present moment. When you're hugging your partner or your child, you're getting skin contact. You're doing something which makes, makes you feel serene and relaxed and happy to be in the moment. And, and if you're getting lots of light, and you're getting exercise, both of those increase dopamine or increase serotonin levels so that in the evening you're not wired and tired like people are. So huge issues. Those are huge issues. Brilliant. Love that. Like, yeah, it, it's it's kind of when you, again, when you put it that way, I think that the best thing I love about that is kind of like, you know, you say things like like work. You say things like obviously your phone is like the there are there are things that obviously work very dependent, but there are things that aren't going to be the hardest things to replace. You know, I can mm-hmm. like from a phone point of view is like okay, if you charge your phone in the kitchen, leave a book on your bed, you know, you mm-hmm. also it's it's a lot harder to go on your phone before bed. Things that like, like from work point of view, I remember geez, a couple of years ago when I was working in the gym and online it was kind of okay I remember those, those few weeks working like 50 hours at the gym 50 online like yeah mental weeks and it's kind of like you know i would be that person who would be kind of working till like 11 12 getting yeah. things done and all of a sudden up the next morning at six to meet a client in the morning yeah you know and it, it's kind of it was okay it was actually kind of around then that i kind of realized how important sleep was and then i kind of i kind of recognized like okay right well this sleep deprivation I, it's because i'm working but you know, maybe it's a case where if I actually improve my sleep, then the work quality will be a lot better. So actually, maybe I don't have to work as much and actually I can work smarter and all of a sudden get more sleep and all of a sudden decide to tie it in a little bit. Yeah. And it's kind of me talk about there, okay, the kind of like, like, like one of the biggest kind of social status things of how much you can work, how much you can do this and that. And you know, like, I'm, I'm not sleeping. I'm fucking team no sleep. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still working. I think it's brilliant when you see coaches doing that because it's kind of like your job is literally to make sure people aren't doing this yet. You're kind of bragging about how kind of, you're working so much and it's affecting your sleep. It's kind of like, it's very counterproductive. But things like your phone, that kind of way, is like once you understand that these mm-hmm. are things that are going to be affecting your sleep, again, we look at kind of like, you you aren't just like born a bad sleeper. It's a case of like, the chances are, it's a case of, you know, what's mm-hmm. your day today? What you do in the evening? You know, are you on your phone? Yeah. Are you watching Netflix all evening? Then you go to bed and you're on your phone. It's a case of like, well, you don't have bad sleep. You just got poor kind of habits around your sleep. That's exactly it. Like, it's just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I, you know, how many people have said to me, I, I, I just have a race in mind. It just, and it's like as though, oh my God, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know how to compare it to. It's like some of those, it's like, and I, I don't, I don't have it, how to go up here. I'm a parent myself. I just say, oh, look, that's just the way he is, you know, because <laughs> he's been allowed to be like that. You're, we have the untrained mind. You are allowing your brain to be completely manipulated and you're going along with it just fine because of, because smart people have tied into that dopaminergic response. Mm. You know, we have, we have the untrained mind in the West. 
in Western culture. We, we have a mind like a bunny rabbit, which you just like hop from different thing to different thing to different thing or get addicted to, to, to Netflix. But you're an adult, sorry, take control of your life. And I don't have any problem with saying this to people, knowing myself that I've, you know, I am human and that I've fallen into these things myself. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect, not at all. And I would never judge anyone for that. But if you come to me and tell you, you I've an, un, you know, your mind is, my mind is just racing. It's, it, let's, let's set a plan out here for you now. Let's examine your habits because what we will do when we get under pressure is we will always fall back into our habits. So let's, let's start to change those habits because like as frightening as it is, it's also very empowering. I don't know who was it that said you are your own rescue, you know? And I remember I heard that years ago and it was like, I just blew me away. You are your, your own. Nobody's coming to rescue. You are it. So you have to change. You have to put the work in. And that's when you get serious progression in your life, in how you want to be and how you want to shape your life is when you actually start to take control. So take control. You know, yes, some people are born poor sleepers. Usually those people do everything right and they come to me looking for help and they're doing they're doing 90 percent of things right. They don't have poor habits, you know, so take control of your phone. Start winding down. Check in with yourself. Where am I? Where am I mentally, emotionally, cognitively, you know, wind the mind down the same area of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is in charge of duration path outcome, problem solving analysis is the same area of your brain, which is in charge of worry, you know, and worry is a natural human tendency. Part of the reason we're so successful as a species is that we're able to look into the future and predict a threat or danger that's what worry is you know but let's not allow the brain to just go on tangents and just continually look at that you know so let's let's do things let's create better habits and healthier habits and that takes a little bit of practice and work you know and yeah. and you're, you're going to fail at it and that's fine failure is fine but like don't think that it's just something that's happening to you so you know, let's, 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 let's empower people and, and empower yourself and take control of that. Huge. I love that. Uh, I, I always say to clients case of like, you know, whatever your goals are, you're there, they're there to make you happy. It's like no one gives as much of a shit about your goals as you do. So it's kind of, it's up to yourself to take control, like identify what's taking away from them. Again, if your sleep is, you know, really poor quality, it's like, okay, no matter what your goal is, as we can discuss towards the start, like that is going to be hindering it. And like one thing you said there was, is obviously so important is kind of like talking about kind of, kind of that kind of pre-bed habits, like watching before bed, I suppose. I've talked how kind of screen exposure your phone for a multitude of reasons is why it can be quite kind of, kind of brought to the light, the stimulation, the dopamine, all that fun stuff. What would you say if we had kind of had like a bed time routine and kind of wanted mm. to throw things in there that could be quite productive towards sleep, given, yeah. so say your entire day is, is, is you're outside, you're active, you're getting enough daylight exposure, that yeah. hour and a half, two hours pre-bed, what would be a few things that you could slide in there that would be quite productive to kind of yeah. improve that sleep? So it's like, like, first off, just look at your bedroom environment. Now, look, I'm, some people work from home and they have offices. I have an office in my bedroom. But just look at the environment you're going into for sleep. Is that someplace attractive to you? Is that someplace that you want to go? Like, you know, when you when you change your sheets and you've got fresh, lovely sheets and you're like, oh, this is lovely. You know, like we're very sensory creatures as humans. So the first thing is get your room in order. OK, and make it someplace that's very attractive. clutter free. 
create space in your room that you don't because that 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 clutter your room full of stuff creates kind of background tension and stress it's kind of you're kind of hopping over things so clear keep your room clear um experts tell us we should be in bed for three reasons three s's sleep if you're sick i can't remember the third s um but boundaries this is where it's important right if you're not doing any of those activities don't be in bed. Your bed is not an entertainment area. Okay. Now I know me time is important, um, but set boundaries around the bedroom. Keep your bedroom really cool, clean, dark, uh, get an eye mask. So make your bedroom a nice place to go. Your routine is, is I call sleep the ultimate act of self-care. Okay. So in the routine, you should start mentally winding down, cognitively winding down, winding down from the phone, from work emails, anything else. No, look, bring your phone into the bedroom, but use it for music, relaxing, relaxation, meditation. You you can use your phone in a very positive way as well, you know. Um, I would say a hot shower, it causes a rebound cooling effect in the body. So your but your core body temperature should start dropping from 5 p.m. and that induces sleep. So um a shower self-care ritual um you know a sleepy tea a herbal tea of some kind valerian or, or lavender or whatever it may be um some people take a magnesium supplement it it, it helps with nerve impulse it's it, it takes a lot of the handbrakes off your brain as well so um all of these little things and then your if you do any kind of stretching or yoga or, or breath work or breathing and, and your, your, your respiration, your breathing is a way to leverage your physiology to wind down. So I like professional athletes, they will have a hot shower, have some food and do deep breathing because those three things send the signal to the body, to the brain to, to relax and recover or an or parasympathetic nervous system. But your, your breathing is, is, is part of that. So like all the little things, the, the tea, the eye mask, the earplugs, the relaxation, whatever sort of self-care thing that you can do that wind you down cognitively, physically, and emotionally. And that's that's where we're, we're aiming at here. Amazing, brilliant. I like it. It's, it's, I think the, the, the thing I love about that is like, it just sounds so attractive. Mm. Kind of like the people, like humans are, we do things because it benefits us. Do you know what kind of way? Like, mm. you know, like we just put it like that, like, like one thing I love is when I'm talking about my podcast on my on Instagram, it's kind of like, you know, if you're listening to a story of mine, like if you're listening to a podcast of mine, feel free to use it to go to bed. Like Spotify has a sleep timer on it. Yeah. And listen to me. If, if that's your thing, like pop me on a 10, yeah. 15 minute timer. Like I love that. I love popping on kind yeah. of a podcast on or something like that. Kind of Same as. Yeah. Pop me on. Like if anyone's listening to this, like feel free to pop this on as a 10, 15 minute timer. Sure. We won't take offense at all. I remember no, I, it's, no. it's a great it's a, it's a book, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. In the start right. of the audiobook, he just goes, you know, if you listen to this on, on like a podcast, an audiobook, you know, feel free to listen before bed. I won't take offense because at yeah. the end of the day, you're using me for what I want you to use me for. Yes. But like even like a hot shower, you know, like deep, the like diaphragmatic breathing, there are things that are really nice and peaceful to do. Like stretching before bed, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. It just, mm-hmm. you just feel better. And it's a case of, even if it's something you're doing once, like the first time you do something will always be the toughest. But if you just get yourself to that, like you just like, like three things, hot shower, stretching, um, mm-hmm. you know, like diaphragmatic breathing techniques. Yeah. Of, do those three things and just see how you feel afterwards. You're gonna want to yeah. fucking just keep 
like have those three kids straight away. It's kind of like when you do that once, you kind of realize, okay, actually, never mind. Actually, by not going on my phone, actually doing these, these actually make me feel a lot better. And that's good. Like, like anything, like if we, if we do something that we enjoy and mm-hmm. it gives us direct kind of benefit, like, well, we're going to keep doing it. So just do that one time. You'll see what we're talking about. Like, holy shit, you know what? Dan and Tom, obviously, yeah. they were dead right. They should listen to their pod- dad's podcast more. So go follow Tom as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I say to people, when I talk to people, I say, look, if, if you know, I hope you don't fall asleep, but if you do, it's a win-win for me, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't really mind. I, I went for, I went for a long trek yesterday uh, in the mountains and I came back and my calves were in bits, my legs were in bits and I had a, I had a hot soak and I was lying there in the bed really early, like doing lovely stretches and have my sleep. Oh, did I sleep well? You know, I sleep fantastically well. And then you, 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 you will turn into a person who will be able to say, you know what? I used to be a bad sleeper. Uh, and then no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great sleeper. And that's the thing. You can train yourself. You can train yourself yeah. to sleep. Like, a, And mentioning podcasts and different things, the U.S. military train all their new recruits and how, how to fall asleep quickly. Um, they invested millions, and they still do in sleep. And you wouldn't believe some of the stuff they're doing today. I mean, I got sent some some documents from Special Forces, and it's it's incredible. Um, they In the 1980s, they, in, they researched what was the best way to put someone to sleep and and a body scan they came up with so i found this body scan and i i done a recording of the the body scan technique it's about three minutes long if anyone's interested in what body scan it's actually on my instagram um on on, on the page itself you can just hit the link it's on soundcloud so three minutes and i'll put you to sleep brilliant that i'm actually gonna do that tonight that's something i'm gonna look at tonight but fucking I, I've, I've done body scan techniques beforehand but you know, they're, they are phenomenal. So I will I'll give, 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 give that a go and expect everyone, everyone else listening to also do that. I have a few more questions I want to ask. Sure. Um, two, three, three more questions. The first thing is to do with napping. Is okay. napping, is, is, if someone feels a need to nap consistently, is it a good or bad thing? Like if someone feels like they need to nap like day to day, is it a case of like, should it be a case where they're improving their sleep or is a nap okay if they need to, or if their sleep's all right, is it okay to have a nap in the middle of the day? Like what would be your kind of opinion on that? So like ideally um, sleep frequency. So like it's, it's, it's very important that we go to bed at the same time, get up at the same time. And this is like, you know, um, this is the advice of all experts, right? Go to bed. Now life happens. Right. And you know, we get thrown off that and we miss out on sleep. And we, if we accumulate sleep debt over a few nights, and and we're overtired you know maybe a nap is a good thing now napping is always it's, it's kind of personal as well because some people produce a lot of melatonin and they can fall asleep very easily and, and, and wake up whatever other people don't produce and i know people who if they have a 10 minute nap during the day it, it pushes their sleep onset back by about two hours you know so it is it is personal in that sense so that's the first thing. The second thing is um, the duration of the nap. Re- remembering the the end sleep and the, the 90 minute cycle, sleep for 15, 20 minutes. Once you go over that, I think NASA done research on the most. Yeah, NASA have done research on what's the what's the ideal or the best duration for a nap. It was 24 minutes, right, to be precise. If you go over that, you're going into the deeper aspects of sleep, which means that if you wake up after an hour, you're going to feel like hell. Okay. Mm. Um, so then you leave at least six hours between the nap and your bedtime. Some people I know, and they've asked me this, they come home from work, they sit there, they have a little snooze for 15 or 20 minutes. There's a natural lull in your circadian rhythm uh, that occurs uh, in e- mid-morning, mid-afternoon and mid-evening. 
Um, now, it, it, again, that that's kind of personal. So my advice is, it depends on your life. Like shift workers, I would really encourage to learn how to nap because it's a useful tool in your arsenal because you will be sleep deprived. You will have challenges. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, people tell me, I, I can't nap. I just can't. No, unless you have an issue with melatonin or something, you should be able to nap. So it is kind of personal. Don't rule it out. Um, and eat. okay, even if you can't nap, relax, do something we call non-sleep deep rest protocol, where after you're busy or when you should be napping or relaxing, you can just sit down, chill out and do some breathing or meditation or a thought exercise where you're not actually doing analysis or work or whatever else. So napping is kind of personal, but I'm a fan of napping. Yeah. Novel. I like that. I will continue to nap. But I, the one thing I love, I love, how I, I was telling before, it's kind of like if you're going to nap, make sure to nap not asleep. Like, yeah. they're like, like, keep it, keep it, like, it's 20 minutes, yes. keep it that way. Like, don't yeah. let it turn into an actual sleep. Leave that for, for yeah, now, leave that for bed. If you're going to nap, make sure to nap not asleep. Um, the next thing I want to ask you was in terms of like the basic like, things like your pillows, your, mm-hmm. your, your mattress. Obviously, when it comes to sleep, like your bed is like that is your yeah. fucking throne. Like oh, how important, yeah. the, like the pillows, like the, the choice of pillows, the mattress, the quilt, like how yeah. important are those to actually like choose? I think, I think like, you know, if someone comes to you with a pain in their feet, the first thing you're going to do is say, what shoes are you wearing? You know, mm. whereas like people don't even think about a mattress. Like, you know, people are like, oh, well, that was just there. You know, you ask someone how much, like this is 36% of your life, you know? <laughs> so like, people don't invest in their sleep but people are starting to now i'm gonna i'm gonna do if i may i'm gonna do a blatant plug here right so um get down to des kelly and get yourself a look des kelly have a new range of mattresses in they're amazing and um i just get that like they have just such a great selection and 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 pillows are hugely important as well it's all about support it's all about in it's an investment in your health you'd be amazed at the difference a good mattress will make absolutely amazed in terms of um, wake episodes, sleep latency, sleep quality. All of these sleep-related issues are impacted. And and again, we're we're creatures who you know we're very sensitive to these things. Um, some of them have cooling gels. Some of them are for you know pick one that you like. It is personal. There's no you know the same with the 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 pillow. So find one that that works for you. Um, and there are you know it's about it's about supporting the neck really, um, and, and your spine. Brilliant. Yeah, it's like funny you mentioned that. I moved into the apartment about three weeks ago, and like the, the maps came with the apartment. I lay in the bed the first night. I was like, holy shit! Compared to home, <laughs> this is the next level. My brother's yeah. girl forgot me two pillows for Christmas. Is like combine those two things. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Like sleep is yeah. just like you said. They're like, it's yeah. just but like it was good before, but like it's just yeah, it takes it to another it's, level. It's insane. Like it's just that pure mattress, and it's it's so key. And I love it. Yeah, get plugged there. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to ask you, I think this is one of the like I got asked this four or five times now when I was asking followers of questions is waking up in the mornings feeling yep. absolutely shattered. You know, yep. no matter the people saying, I'm getting eight, nine hours sleep, but I'm still wrecking the mornings. Like, what will be what could be causing that to happen? Okay, so I mean, like. If you're getting adequate sleep and you're, you still have issues around fatigue, it's it could be underlying. It could, there could be something underlying there that is that is asking your body to sleep because your body will 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 put you to sleep if you're sick. You'll sleep a lot more. There could be you could have an underactive thyroid. You could have excessive iron levels. You might not be have you might have you might not have enough iron. Um, there are so many medical conditions and I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but like there's so many medical conditions that can influence your sleep if you're fatigued. 
So the question is what, like, if you're getting the adequate sleep, you know, it might be worth getting your sleep analyzed as well. Self-reporting and sleep is not good. We're not good at knowing. So you could have a sleep issue like sleep apnea, where you're waking up feeling shattered, tired, and you think, well, I've, I've got eight or nine hours sleep and why am I so tired? You know, again, it, 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 it warrants further investigation. So get bloods done, go to your GP, just get, get, get it, get your bloods done, get your iron levels, your feet, your, um, your vitamins, your minerals, all that kind of stuff checked, your potassium levels in your blood, all of those things can influence your sleep. Okay, so get those done and then maybe think about even if you feel as though you might have sleep apnea or, or another condition, then, it, you know, talk to your GP about that as well. It's, it's difficult. I know it's difficult. And I feel there's a big gap in the market there. There's not in the market, but in healthcare between someone like myself and, you know, uh, medical because like what a GP will do is he'll ask you questions, he'll test your blood. But if there's any sleep issue, he will refer you on to um you know, a, a specialist that will analyze your sleep. I can analyze, I can analyze your sleep using the, the military tech that I use, um, which will give me a very clear indication of, of, your, of what's happening in your sleep as well. But I would say get it checked out because it, you know, you should, for most of us, if we're getting, if we're getting about eight hours sleep, we should be fairly okay. Uh, the way I would try is instead of don't be hitting the snooze button 10 times, get up and get outside. And that will make a big difference in your life in terms of how you feel energy-wise in the morning. Because I know people, I used to be one of those people years ago myself who would drag themselves out of bed, keep the room dark, and have to drink three cups of coffee to feel alive. <laughs> so get that get cortisol activation response, get outside. Um, so yeah, I hope that helps. Phenomenal, brilliant. And listen, Tom, that's every question I've been asked. We've gone through there. So suppose... I want to say thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. Um, I've listened to a, a huge amount of sleep podcasts. And like, honestly, God, like this one, you just listen to it. It's obviously very biased to be my podcast, of course, but just listen to it. Like it was, it's been fantastic. I've learned a lot that I guarantee anyone listening right now has just been had their mind blown. They're going to hop off now. I guarantee you, if they listen to this, they're either going to be listening to this in bed with their sleep timer. They're going to have Super. a hot shower before bed. They're going to be, not not training that late at night because they're like oh shit tom said not to be listening to yourself on <laughs> i guarantee it, it's something like i'm i'm here right now i'm like oh shit it's nine o'clock now yeah. what am i gonna do i'm 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 getting very pumped up now but like oh, i know it's kind of like it's it's, it's brilliant kind of like when you kind of oh, it's like when you see like someone having a steak on tv you want to have a steak yes. you do this so much sleep it's like yes want to do all this stuff now so yeah i'm really loving that um would there be any closing message you want to finish up with if anyone wants to find you on social on, on social media or work with you kind of where can they go sure on the plug far away Sure. Yeah. Look, people find me. TomColeman.ie is the easiest place to find me. Uh, it's the easiest place to reach out for me. I push some fairly decent content out, I hope. I always want to push really good content out for people because I'm I'm passionate about health. I'm passionate about uh, helping people. I work with some elite athletes at the moment. Um, if 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 anyone wants to talk about shift work or anything like that, I'm 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 a director of remote wellbeing. So we we look after some large organizations um i do webinars um i don't work with too many people one to one people can get um uh, consultations with me if they, if they are interested but you know you can always send me a message and I, I will get back to people um so do don't be afraid to reach out to me and pop over to my instagram um to to, to find me brilliant and all, and all tom's kind of his website your you know, Instagram, everything being in the show notes as well. So everyone, if anyone wants to find that, you know, click the, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go to the description of the podcast. It's all there. Uh, Tom, again, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Do really appreciate that. 
And to everyone listening, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll see you all again next week.